So I see myself in my current role as uh, a CMIO, being able to impact uh, the numbers of lives of patients that I couldn't from a clinical standpoint. Hello, and welcome to the HIMSS Health IT in Action podcast series. I'm Eric Bailey, your host for this series and project manager for digital events and video at HIMSS Media. You can find our podcast at www.hims.org slash podcasts under the series name. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Vikram Kumar, Chief Medical Information Officer at Arrowhead Regional Medical Center in Southern California and practicing pediatrician. ARMC services the safety net population in California's Inland Empire, where population health measures lag behind the state's other regions. In his current role, Vikram provides oversight on all clinical informatics initiatives at AMRC, including EHR, data analytics, lean IT process improvement, outcomes improvement, and P4P programs. He is also a clinical assistant professor with Western University of Health Sciences, where he will be teaching a master's course in clinical informatics in the fall of this year, 2016. Prior to working at ARMC, Vikram used to work with Sutter Health in Northern California as a physician informaticist and pediatrician. His professional interests include patient safety, quality, patient engagement, population health, clinical informatics, pediatric asthma, and pediatric ADHD. He is involved with multiple professional organizations such as AAP, ACPE, CHIME, and HIMSS. To start things off, I asked Dr. Kumar what role informatics plays in his day-to-day routine. Informatics is integral to my daily routine, um, both from an end-user standpoint as well as from being a leader that actually implements and and uh, does the due diligence on all aspects of clinical informatics uh, at my organization. So as an end user, for example, I still do inpatient and outpatient clinical care, which means I have to embrace technology as a part of patient care, both at uh, a clinical level, which means at an encounter level, as well as from consuming uh, data and analyzing data from a population health level as a physician. For example, I'm a pediatrician by training. I would need to know if at a clinical level, just as an example, if um, a said patient who comes in for a well-child check has uh, the required uh, immunizations, and then from a population health level, as again, uh, as an example, clinical informatics plays a big role in giving me data on all my paneled patients. For example, if I have 1,000 patients in my panel, I would need to know which of those patients are meeting the immunization requirements based on their ages. So that's as an end user. And from being a leader uh, on the health IT side, I would like to know how my end users perceive technology. I would like to know how my administration perceives technology. And my role is to act as a connect amongst all these uh, healthcare providers, both clinical as well as administrative, to make sure that they have the right tools they have and make sure that they're using it correctly too. And, And then looking forward to see what they would need in the future to make this tool readily available for them and for it to evolve with them. So to answer your question, informatics is uh, integral to everything I do as I work through a healthcare organization. We then talked about the valuable lessons he's learned about health IT as a CMIO. So this may sound cliched, but uh, I think uh, it is very important to listen. 
uh, so the CMIO uh, abbreviation stands for Chief Medical Information Officer or Chief Medical Informatics Officer. So firstly, I don't give a lot of credence to the chief in my title, but the medical and informatics pieces are key. So not only am I bringing in that clinical piece to the role, but I'm also bringing that IT or information piece to the role, and both of those pieces are integral to how I perform in my role. So as a CMIO, I think my main responsibility is to act as an interface or sometimes even as a translator amongst three big entities. One is the clinicians and administrators that perform healthcare. Two is IT, the staff within IT that tends to be mostly technical. And, and three are the patients as we get towards patient engagement and patient satisfaction. It is important to connect all these three important stakeholders. So, for example, when I'm uh, going to my IT meetings with my direct reports or folks in, within my IT department, my role there is to translate the end-user roles, if you will, from an IT standpoint. So just because technology has a certain capability, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work in the clinical realm or it's going to be efficient in the clinical realm. So it's important for IT staff to understand how the end users perceive that technology and why they are requesting a certain modification or, or a certain new tool, if you will, to help with their daily processes. So when I go into the med exec committee, which is uh, the highest uh, medical staff committee in, in a uh, healthcare organization usually, at that point I'm trying to be the, the spokesperson from an IT standpoint. I'm trying to let the medical staff know why we need to do a certain thing in a certain way. I need to keep them uh, abreast with uh, what's coming for them and why it's coming and, uh, and how it would impact what they're doing currently. And uh, I need to be uh, a gauge for uh, their concerns, their uh, frustrations, as well as their uh, satisfaction with the product and take it back to IT. And then the third piece to that are the patients. So more and more, uh, patients will control their health care and they need to be engaged. With the High Tech Act, especially with uh, Meaningful Use, most organizations rolled out their patient portals. And now uh, those patient portals are getting to a certain level of maturity where the patients are able to, for example, access their records, they're able to see their appointments, their results, and are also able to message their providers. And health IT is integral to that connection between the patient and the healthcare provider. And the healthcare provider is a very broad term. It could be a physician, it could be a nurse that works in a clinic or in the hospital. It could also be an administrator. So health IT is integral to all these connections. And in my role as the CMIO, um, I've learned that, one, we have to listen to all our end users across the spectrum and then be uh, able to articulate in a very efficient manner as to what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how it's going to impact the current status. Dr. Kumar then went on to explain how he thinks population health benefits patients. Population health still has a ways to go. 
the way I think about population health, going back to my analogy with that immunization is, we're trying to collect data at the individual patient level and then getting it up to a certain level within the organization to a certain set of patients and then eventually to a certain population within uh, a geographic area and that geographic area could be either a zip code, it could be a state, it could be the country or it could be you know the entire human population. So data needs to be accumulated across that spectrum and then you're looking at the data at the population level and you're running analytics. Uh, so essentially, you're trying to break down that data to look for trends. And the next step uh, is to then predict some outcomes and risks based on those trends, as well as drive uh, guidelines and policies to prevent those risks from becoming actual events. So it's a cycle. What would happen then is you run these analytics on the data that's uh, from a population standpoint, and then you tie that back. Uh, if you're doing a study, for example, you're looking at a group of patients based on a hypothesis, uh, again, based on the data that you have, and trying to come up with some explanations and best practices and if you find out that uh, what you're trying to do actually works, then you bring it back to the patient. We've had some recent public health emergencies that even at the global level with Ebola and now with Zika. So you start collecting that data at the individual patient level. You go up and look for trends, and then you find out what's causing that issue. And then you get to doing some studies on that. For example, you're looking at vaccines. You're looking at preventing uh, mosquitoes from breeding. You're looking at public health. You're looking at water sources and sanitation and so on. And then you bring that back. Uh, for example, if you're uh, studying a vaccine, you study it on a group of people. And if it works, then you push it back to that patient that was part of that uh, data collection. And hopefully in this uh, life cycle of this, it will actually make an impact to some of those patients that were initially impacted by that disease or that uh, condition. So that's where population health is. And tied to that, uh, at least in the United States, um, historically, uh, the last uh, 40, 50 years, we've been uh, reimbursing providers based on encounters, the so-called fee-for-service. Now, with limited pool of dollars, as well as the need to further improve quality, the reimbursement for providers is increasingly shifting to pay for performance or value-based purchasing, which means that providers are not just being reimbursed for just seeing the patient. In fact, they're being going to be increasingly reimbursed for improving the outcome of that patient. So that ties into population health as well because now the providers are held responsible to do a few things. And then uh, taking it up a notch, uh, you already have some employers making the patient who is their employee responsible too. For example, BP gives out uh, Fitbits to all its employees and it tracks their activity level. And if they hit a certain uh, level based on their steps, then they get a discount on their health insurance premiums.
Cleveland Clinic, for example, doesn't allow its employees to smoke. Uh, and, and so uh, they get a nicotine level on any prospective uh, employees. And uh, if it doesn't meet their requirements, uh, then that prospective employee doesn't get a job offer. So that's um, holding the patients accountable as well. So population health is not just health IT or data analytics. It's also all these stakeholders. But what's integral uh, to population health is IT. That's the backbone of any population health measure, be it for data collection through the EHR, be it for data analytics uh, through uh, data warehouse, and even for predictive modeling tools that are an overlay to that uh, data analytics to actually look for trends and then actually predict some risks and outcomes so that uh, resources can be concentrated on these uh, high-utilization patients. In five or uh, six years' time, I, I anticipate that this would be more real-time, uh, this would be more engaging of healthcare providers, and it would be normal for these healthcare providers to do this. Uh, certain organizations uh, which are very integrated, such as um, Cleveland Clinic, Sutter Health, uh, Kaiser, Mayo Clinic, already do that, but they're also able to do that because uh, their patients are highly integrated to their systems. They see their PCP within the system, they see their specialists within the system, and oftentimes they're getting their medications within the system as well, so it's, it's very easy for them to get to all the data points. Where uh, institutions struggle is when these patients are not having all these encounters within the same system. So, for example, if, say, uh, my organization is going to get penalized on readmission, which is if a patient comes back to the hospital within 30 days of a previous admission, sometimes we do not have the control on what the patient does following their discharge from the hospital. In some instances, that patient may not be a part of our organization. We may not know that they've gone to another ER. And I get to that because, you know, not all these data elements are connected, and uh, some of it is people and politics, some of it is technology barriers, and some of it is process barriers as well. But in the next five years, especially with CMS and ONC pushing for interoperability amongst health IT software, including EHRs, there's going to be more data sharing and there's going to be aligning of all these political goals to get to uh, better data analytics. And at that point, you know, that information will be available real time via dashboards and reports, even at the um, end user or the provider level where they can make some informed decisions. So the way I think of population health is more of a process and it's going to evolve with time and all the stakeholders, uh, healthcare organizations, administrators, uh, providers, including physicians, and then finally patients as well are going to have a role in it to play and are going to be held responsible. The real outcome is you want to see increasing lifespans uh, and that's going to happen. And, and data and health IT is, I believe, key to it. And finally, we asked Dr. Kumar what his experience was in applying the value of IT, something abstract and impersonal, to actually improving patient care. So I see myself in my current role as CMIO being able to impact the numbers of lives of patients 
that I couldn't from a clinical standpoint, even uh, with a lifetime of a clinical carrier. So, for example, if I saw patients on a day-in-day-out basis, I'd probably be able to make a difference in about 30 lives a day, 40 lives a day max. But when I'm working with some of the initiatives with uh, health IT, such as population health or even the EHR itself, we're talking um, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives that, that are impacted with one change. And so I see even though I'm more an administrator now, as a physician, I see the value of IT in improving uh, patients' health. As a practitioner, you know, one one example as I was going, as I was thinking through this is a couple of years back, we had just rolled out this patient portal where the patients could message providers. But one of my uh, patients needed a referral to a neurosurgeon, and I'm a pediatrician, and so this was a young patient, and obviously this is something that scares families. And the patient family did not get the FaceTime that they expected with the specialist. I think the specialist gave them the information they wanted but did not hold their hands as much. And and so that patient portal became a valuable tool to them for them to contact me and get some questions answered with uh, the child's condition. The child had a benign condition, but we needed to rule out a few potentially serious and life-threatening conditions. But I don't think uh, the family felt comfortable after their visit with the specialist that they got all the information, even though they were told there was nothing wrong in the long term with their child. And then uh, that conversation, then the grandparents got involved too because they were given patient portal privileges. So this was at a previous healthcare organization, and that organization was progressive enough that some of their relatives could be assigned access to a child's chart as well. And so the patient's uh, grandparent, who was himself a family practitioner, reached out to me and wanted some clarifications, and they were extremely courteous. It wasn't um, uh, finger-pointing at all at the specialist. It was more, you know, hey, can you help us out here? Can you uh, walk us through this? And they were very appreciative of the responses through the patient portal. And this worked out for me as well because some of these conversations, it would be hard for me to do by phone because I would need to dig in to what the specialist told them. I would need to connect a few dots, even look at some of the guidelines and give them information. So instead of having to do it during a phone call without knowing what to expect as a question, I was able to, through the portal, almost like email, respond to it in my own time. I mean, that doesn't mean I was waiting weeks to respond, but even within a day or two, I was able to collect all the information. And so there's the objective component, which is specific information about the child's condition, the current guidelines, expected outcomes. And then there's also the subjective component of providing care and compassion. And I believe I was able to do all that uh, by means of technology, which um, I couldn't do by email because that would violate HIPAA. And I couldn't have done it by phone uh, because I wouldn't have had all the information in real time. And I couldn't have even done it, you know, as an encounter because, first of all, these conversations may not qualify for an encounter. But more importantly, I wouldn't know what to anticipate during an encounter. So I think, you know, health IT in that instance engaged the patient, engaged the provider, and made the patient, or in this case, the patient's family, satisfied, which is uh, ultimately the goal of this uh, 
Um, and then one final point, you know, uh, institutions are increasingly looking at this whole concept of triple aim where they want to improve quality, they want to in- decrease utilization, and then thirdly, they want to improve patient satisfaction. And this example that I just gave you met all those requirements. The quality of care provided was appropriate, and the family just needed reassurance. It decreased the need for unnecessary visits, which would have been uh, a hindrance to the family. And again, for the healthcare system, that appointment could have been better served for a patient that actually needed it. And finally, it uh, it improved the patient's satisfaction. And uh, one final point, there's also this whole concept of quadruple aim, which adds to the the three by with the provider satisfaction. So you want your healthcare providers and employees being satisfied too so that they can provide that triple aim care. And in this case, I was completely satisfied with having this tool, the patient portal, to be effectively be able to communicate with my patient's family within all the regulatory needs and provide them with the information and care they needed. So this is an example which speaks volumes to the value of uh, health IT. This concludes our podcast. To listen to this and future podcasts, go to www.hims.org podcasts and look for the series Health IT in Action. Thank you for listening to this HIMSS Health IT in Action podcast.